This is not normal society. You just shoot that guy in the head, right? I guess they think they're getting rescued, right? So like... They don't have guns. <laughs> it's a plane. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a okay. plane, and it's three years after 9-11. You think they're just all kit back in heat? No better way to start this off. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Uh, Lauren Gets Lost, a Lost Rewatch podcast. I'm Zane. And I am Lauren, the one getting lost. All right, so let's start off just by introducing ourselves a little bit. Um, We are brother and sister. We are three years apart. Lauren is the older one. We lived together our entire childhood Obviously. Typically how it goes. You know what? Tell that to all the broken homes in America. Okay. Well, we did have a broken home. Okay. Fair enough. We went to college together for a brief period of time at uh, Ohio State. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. She was a senior when I was a freshman, but even when she, uh, when I was in high school and she was in college, I went up there and visited a lot. Um, Lauren, what did you up and do to our family? Uh, so I just made the tiny little life change of moving across the country to California to pursue my acting career. Just kidding. I live in Bakersfield. It's the worst place on the planet. So I should do there. I hear. Uh, no. Do you like, um, Valley fever? Do you like pollution in your lungs? Come on down to Bakersfield. (laughs) And I, and I'm still in Columbus, Ohio because I refuse to leave. Right. So we don't really ever see each other and we honestly never talk except for sending each other TikToks. Or asking if one of us could steal the Spotify from the other. Right. Because we're broke bitches. So we share a Spotify. Uh, So we're going to try to do this as a way to keep up with each other and also finally get Lauren to watch Lost after all these years. For those of you who know about Lost, you'll know it's the greatest show of all time. I watched it as it aired back in uh, 2004. I was five years old. Yeah, loved it. Favorite show of all time. Some people were watching SpongeBob. I was watching uh, people kill each other on an island. Um, Spoiler! So sorry, so sorry. <laughs> Lauren watched a little bit of it when we were kids, but uh, you stopped watching it like not even that much that far into season one, right? I have no, I don't remember. I just remember that it scared the shit out of me. Like way too much blood, gore. Also, I, I thought it was stupid or I guess that was my excuse going forward as I got older and you guys continued to watch it. It was like a family event that I just hid in my room for as every, what was it, Wednesday? It was Wednesday and sometimes Thursday. Right. So I would hide in my room and just claim that it was stupid. It's a stupid show. It's polar bears. And so I just never, I refused. And into my adult life, when everyone was telling me Lost is such a good show, I was like, no, it's dumb. And I refused to watch it until now. I remember growing up when there was that period of time where Lost and Survivor were on at the same night. We'd watch Survivor at eight, Lost would come in at nine, and you would just leave the room immediately. It was a bit much. I don't know how you watched it. Even the first episode, which we'll get into today, 
it was intense. I don't know how a five-year-old watches that. You know, and, and I don't know how the parents of a five-year-old watch it with their five-year-old and go, oh, yeah, it's great. Family time. Family this is, bonding. This is quality television. <laughs> really questionable choices up in the Kohler household. But you did live in a household where three people watched it, one of which was an obnoxious child that only ever talked about it. So naturally, there's going to be some things that you are aware of about the show. Right. I I know some things. I'm not going to pretend like I'm completely blank slate. (laughs) Get it? No, I don't. Are you fucking joking? Yeah. Not Don Locke, Tabula Rasa, blank slate. Am I explaining this to you? Okay, first of all, Tabula Rasa is a Kate episode. Zane, do you know who John Locke is in real life? Yeah, not really. My dog? Oh, my God. This is... How did you go to school? They don't talk about John Locke. Okay, Google it sometime. I don't, I'm not on time for this. Well, Tabula Rasa is the third episode in the series, so... <sighs> okay, but what I'm saying... Okay, oh, dear Lord. Anyway, do some Googling and then you'll get my creative genius of a joke anyway i'm not gonna pretend like i don't know anything about the show i'm familiar with most of the characters just remembering them from when i did watch it and then you obviously never shut up i mean your dog is named Locke, um and he's a yellow lab so let's get that straight yeah so here's some of the things that i know or that i i think i know so I, I know like the core characters like Jack, Kate, Charlie, I know Saeed, um, you know, all those guys. Hey, editing Zane here. Lauren is about to say every spoiler that she thinks she knows or definitely knows over the course of the series. So if you do not want any spoilers, go ahead and skip the next two or so minutes of the podcast. My apologies. We didn't think at the time that some people may be watching this for the first time and that they want to follow along. So go ahead and skip the next two minutes after I stop talking and enjoy. I know that a lot of people die. I don't exactly remember who all dies. There, there is one major thing. I know that Charlie dies. I don't know when he dies though. Like if you told me to guess the season, I could not. I have no idea when he dies, but I do know he dies because I remember you being very upset about it. Look, it was traumatic, okay? Yeah, well, I also know that, okay, there's the Korean couple, uh, Sun and Jin, is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. I know that Sun can speak English. I know that's like a reveal, right? Maybe. Okay, well, I feel like I remember that because I know in the first episode when they're speaking Korean to each other, I just was like, ah, I feel like she speaks English. I feel like I remember that. Okay, I know that the hatch exists. I know that there's a code and they have to type it in and I don't actually know why or what the hatch was for. I just know they find it and they have to type in this code. That's it. That's all I really know about the hatch. Oh, oh wait, no. I know that um, the numbers that they have to type in are the same numbers that Hurley used to win the lottery. The numbers. I don't know the like significance of that, but I do know that. Could you name the numbers right now if I asked you to? No, definitely not. I'm not a fucking weirdo. I'm wearing Uh, a ring that has the numbers on them. Yeah, I know, because you're a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Okay, I know about the others, but I don't really know why they're there. I just know that they are there. 
and they call them the others. They're That's really creative like, with their names. Right. And I think they're like bad. They're the antagonist in this show, I think. Oh, and then like, I guess the last thing, I think they eventually get off the island. I don't know how or when. And I think they go back for some reason. I don't know why they would fucking do that. Oh, and I forgot. I, I know um, that Locke was in a wheelchair, that he couldn't walk and that he, um, that after the crash, that he could walk. Let's say all of those things are true. Seems like you know a lot. So let's hope that there's going to be some moments that are going to be surprising still. Well, I mean, it, it feels like a lot, but it, what, there's like how many seasons? Six. Six seasons. I, I, I feel like there's maybe some gaps in my knowledge. Yeah, just a few, just a few. All right, so how about we get into it? We start breaking it down. Uh, I'll just go through basically what happened in the episode. I got some questions for you. And if you have anything you want to react to, just jump right in. I didn't realize this was going to be like an English class. Like, was I supposed to be writing a discussion post on this episode? No, but notes are always appreciated. This is pilot part one. We're only going to do the first part today just because we feel like there's a lot we need to get into. and We don't want to overwhelm the first episode. Also, I have not watched part two yet. <laughs> that is that too. I like to stay on track, right? We should probably just say out the gate that this is going to be a bi-weekly release because we're busy. I got, you know, naps to take, TikToks to watch. Dogs to I, yell at. I, I do a full-time job also. Same, but like, who cares about that part? Right. Also, we got to keep up with Love Island. Oh, scratch loss. Let's talk about (laughs) That's for another day. Okay. The opening scene is the iconic close-up of an eye opening. Our main character, Jack, wakes up in the middle of a bamboo jungle. A yellow lab runs by. If that dog dies, tell me right now. Cancel the fucking podcast. Does the dog die? Lie to me. You really want to know? Yes. No. Does it die? Just tell me now so I can cry now. I'll tell you he's in every season. Is there like a ghost dog? Like, does he die and he comes back as he haunting the island? Like, somebody play fetch with me. (laughs) So Jack stands up and runs towards the (laughs) beach where he finds the wreckage of a major plane crash, complete and utter chaos. He starts rescuing people. He pulls one guy out from under some wreckage. His leg is bleeding like crazy. He helps a pregnant woman. I feel like, wait, okay, you you go up on a crash site. Maybe this is just me. You're not just going to, he's clearly pinned under there. Why is he just yanking him out? Well, he gets the people to help him. You're, the, you lift, you lift the thing. That's off. what they do. He gets like three or four guys. They lift. Why and they doesn't pull he have out. legs then? He has a leg. It's bleeding a lot. All right. Also, a situation like that. Uh, this is like this is not normal society. You just shoot that guy in the head, right? I guess they think they're getting rescued, right? So like, they don't have guns. <laughs> it's a plane. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's a okay. plane. And it's three years after nine eleven. You think they're just all kit back in heat? <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop yelling at me. I get it. I was just thinking, you got to put that guy out of his misery. Also, not even five minutes in, and just someone is bleeding like crazy, and our parents are like, yeah, let's watch this with our kids. That was my exact thought. I was just like, at that point, why wouldn't they? I guess they can't pause it in 2005, but, you know. Or, come on now. Okay, what the fuck ever. 
you know, we can't pause back then, but that's where you cover your child's eyes and you say, okay, this is adult time. Go to bed. It's only going to get worse. Jack helps the guy with the leg. He also helps uh, a pregnant woman named Claire who ends up going on to be a major character. I do remember Claire, but honestly, in this moment, everybody's, it's fucking pure chaos. I feel like the pregnant girl's not the priority. I'm just going to say that. And I, I'm going to get some, some shit for that for all, from all of our two listeners. Uh, I feel like in this situation, you know, one guy doesn't have legs. He saw a hot blonde with an Australian accent, and he's like, I'm going to focus on that. Can't fault him for that. He also resuscitates Rose with CPR. Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm just going to interrupt you every five seconds. Yeah, apparently so. comes over, and and he's like, oh, you're not doing the CPR right. And then he proceeds to not do the CPR right. I don't remember what he says to Boone. He's something about his breaths. He's like, no, he's like, you're you're blowing air into her stomach because you're not tilting her head back enough or something like that. He doesn't even tilt her head back. He literally just like leaves her head where it is. I'm CPR certified. I'm not like a fucking expert, but you have to tilt the head back, open the mouth, pinch the nose. This motherfucker's just like making out with her. And then all of a sudden she's fine. Yeah, whatever. He's, he's, a, he's an actor who plays a spinal surgeon on TV. I don't think CPR is like his go-to. Like, I, don't I, got like, I don't like when shows don't accurately portray CPR and rant (laughs) all right so moving on one of the turbines from the plane is still spinning and a man runs by and then Locke tries to get him to stop running by the turbine by yelling at him to stop which causes the man to stop and then get sucked into the turbine yeah that was another part where parents should have said not for my five-year-old child i also just feel like if he wouldn't have stopped to listen to Locke, he would have been fine because he comes to a full stop, turns around, goes, what? And then dead. Yeah, I think people were running by it the whole time. But Charlie stood by it for like five minutes. Mm. Continuity error. All right, so the huge explosion. Uh, where else are we? Oh, are, are your long-ass notes not helping you here? Let, let's just take a break from this. I, tr- I trimmed them down, thank no. you. I just want the world to know, all of our hundreds of thousands of listeners, to know that Zane sent me the notes for this episode. And it was like I was reading a fucking thesis paper. I said, I'm not even finishing this. There's more detail in these notes than there is in the episode. I just wrote the script. (laughs) It's insane. I think we're going to have to publish this one day. If we get more than 10 listeners, I'll publish Saints notes. After resuscitating Rose, Jack's day still isn't over. He, he looks up, he sees the wing from the fuselage is about to fall on top of Hurley and Claire. So he takes off running towards them, gets them up, gets them away. Wing falls, huge explosion. And that is like the first bit scene of the show. I don't understand why they'd be under the wing in the first place. I guess you're not thinking but also, how come Jack from across the beach can hear the wing falling and Hurley and Claire are just like, oh, da, 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 da. I don't hear anything. I don't uh, know. Just, you know, Jack's a superhero. Yeah, obviously. So the next major scene, Jack finds some stuff to help stitch himself up. He goes down the beach a ways. No, and- stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to let me at least finish a sentence. <laughs> no, I can't because who's bringing a sewing kit with them on a plane? And maybe. 
Maybe they're going to a wedding and they're like, I'll have a sewing kit just in case. Maybe they're getting married. What are the odds? He opens the first bag and he's like, oh, a sewing kit. Perfect for my gaping wound. Hmm, how convenient. You know, I know it's a show. Just wait until later in the show when they have all these coolers and you just think to yourself, who brings like three to four coolers on a plane? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Jack goes down the beach to tend to his wounds. He can't reach it, but luckily Kate walks out of the jungle um, and he asks her to help stitch up his wound. Takes a little bit of a pep talk, but eventually she sits down to help. I think at this point, it's, it's important to say that Zane's girlfriend's name is Kate. What are the odds? Your dog's name is Locke. Well, that was a choice. By choice. Did you just wait until a girl named Kate came along and you said, mm-hmm, this one's for me? Kate is actually going to be on a couple episodes down the line. Um, I'll just preface this now. She fucking hates Kate. Hates her so much. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I feel like... We have a lot of the same opinions about people on Love Island, so I, I wonder if that means I'm going to hate Kate. She, I also convinced her to be on all um, Kate episodes, starting with the third one, mainly because she doesn't want to be on it that soon, um, just so she can rant about how much she hates Kate. Perfect. I love ranting. After Kate starts stitching Jack up, we got our first look at the, some of the other survivors, but then Jack starts to share the story of his first uh, surgery in his residency as a spinal surgeon to help calm Kate down. Um, basically this, in the story, he reveals that after a long procedure, he was stitching the girl up and he rips the dural sack and the nerve endings start spilling out like angel hair pasta, really graphic. Once again, still five years old. He was scared, but he makes the decision to let fear in for only five seconds. He counts to five and then he, the fear's gone. He finishes up the surgery. And that's basically his justification of why he was able to be Superman during the crash. I um, feel like that was a very deep moment. But on the surface, it was also like, uh, listen, bitch, I had a woman's spinal stuff leaking out of her on the operating table. I think you can stitch up my little cut. Don't be such a wimp. I mean, is that not what he's saying? That's essentially what he's saying. Right. Longtime fans of the show know that this story comes up a lot. In fact, it's referenced almost immediately at the end of this episode. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Oh, go for it. You're a lost nerd. Yes. Have you ever done this? Have you ever counted to five and let the fear in? I've never really been afraid of like anything so bad. Not anything so bad that I'm like, I'm paralyzed with fear right now. I guess, well, have I ever? Well, I have severe anxiety, so yeah. Just basic human interaction. I should probably start counting to five, you know, before I, like, walk into work. I'm in the middle of my stats exam. It's the third time I've taken this class. I don't know the question. I'd let the fear in for five seconds. For and me, I get like, a C-plus on that exam. I have to call and order a pizza let the fear in, Lauren. <laughs> Count to five and tell him you want a large pepperoni with breadsticks. Before we move on, what do you think of this story? What do you think of Jack as a whole what, from what you've got so far now that he's had a moment to breathe and he's not pulling someone out of a piece of metal? I mean, he's intense. Uh, I think I might be 
in general, I find characters who are like doctors, you know, they have like the God complex. Uh, and I see that with him. Like he's already taken charge. He's running around. He's helping everybody. I mean, yeah, he seems like he's going to be the hero of the show. Obviously he's a main character. I knew that going into it. Very serious. Like, is he ever going to smile? Does he smile in this episode? In the flashback, probably. Oh, maybe. All right. So the first night, uh, after the crash, some of the survivors are just talking. Charlie and Saeed discuss how they thought rescue would have come by now. Jack and Kate are tending to an unconscious man who Kate reveals was sitting next to her during the crash. And then Jack begins to recount the events of the crash before he blacked out. And then Kate fills in the gap and they use like this leaf. That goddamn leaf prop. I'm sorry. I, I like to imagine they're sitting there and they're like talking, you know, when did he get the leaf? Because they're on the beach. So were they talking about it? And then he was like, wait, 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 hold on. He runs up to the trees. He gets a leaf. He comes back. And and this leaf is pretty well done. I'm not going to lie. So did he, he folded it in half and he was like, okay, here's my wing. And here's the nose of the plane. He cuts it out, throws the scraps because we don't see the scraps. He gets rid of them. And now he's like, now we can continue with this conversation. Only for him to be like, we flew like this and then fell like this. And then he throws it away. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, it felt. He could have done it with his hand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Just use your hand, dude. I, I just, it was a lot of effort for like 10 seconds of a moment. After this, uh, amazing prop, Jack comes up with a plan to go looking for the cockpit to find the transceiver that they can use to call the rescue team with. And Kate reveals that she saw smoke in the valley and says that she'll help him find it. That's when they officially introduce themselves to each other. um, Right before a loud noise is heard from the jungle and the trees start shaking. And this is the first introduction of the monster. Is that like your term? You're calling it the monster or is that what they like call it maybe oh dear lord (laughs) i do remember this scaring me a lot as a child i think this was a big contributor to why i did not watch it and and on the subject of fear we flew a lot i shouldn't say a lot but we would fly at least once a year as kids did this show make you afraid of flying no but i always wanted the plane to crash and i hope we ended up on the island (laughs) dear lord I mean, mom and dad always said that, like, you're more likely to get into an accident driving to the airport than you are on the plane. So, like... Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I was never afraid of flying, even the with the little bit of the show that I watched, but I was just wondering, because you watched a lot more of it. The monster's heard, the camera pans over, all of the main characters essentially line up and look at the monster together. The trees are shaking, they're falling down. And the view, this basically is telling us viewers two things. One, these are all the characters. We're done introducing people. Two, this island and the show itself isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be. Oh, sorry. This is just like a little insight into that I'm a dumbass. The whole time at, of my years of refusing to watch this show, part of my reasoning has always been, it's this show is so stupid. It's so not realistic well it it's sci-fi and i didn't know that i just thought that 
they expected us as viewers to believe that there's a big monster in the jungle. I I feel very dumb in saying that. And so watching it through the new lens of, oh, duh, it's sci-fi. It it definitely uh, changes how I see it. Well, I mean, when when you're seven years old, that that's an okay thing to think. Like, oh, how dumb do you think I am? Maybe when you hit your 20s, you probably should realize it. One thing you know about me and everyone who knows, I'm very stubborn. And I refuse to admit when I'm wrong. I cannot believe I'm doing it here. On this platform where I'm sure millions of people listening. Millions. Worldwide viewership. Well, I guess it's not viewers. Listeners. Worldwide. Until we go live. Video podcast. We get our first flashback of the series. Um, not really a whole lot to talk about. It's basically just the crash. We we see two things here. One is like how the format is going to work. The show is a mystery, and the flashbacks kind of help you piece it together a little bit. Um, the example being here, Jack has a bottle of booze when he first wakes up in the jungle. How did he get that bottle of booze? Oh, he got it from a hot flight attendant. The other thing that we see here is a little bit into Jack's character. He has to take care of people. He promises, he promises Rose that everything's going to be fine and he's going to keep her company until her husband gets back. And then obviously things go to shit. But so that's really not a lot, whole lot here in the, in the flashback. Um, but I want to get your thoughts. How do you feel about flashbacks as a narrative device? I like it. Uh, I read a lot of books and I like reading books that jump timelines. Okay. I enjoy that. I think it keeps me engaged. And I also feel like it's almost like a puzzle. You're Sometimes you'll see a flashback and you're like, that's obviously going to be relevant later, but why is it relevant? And then you're kind of looking for clues. So I like that in a book. I assume it's going to be like that in this show. Uh, yeah, I like a flashback. So back on the island, you know, Jack's getting ready to go. Kate's like, let's, let's roll. Jack doesn't want her to come, but she insists that she's coming. Um, Typical man. (laughs) You're a little lady. You couldn't possibly be strong enough to come with me. Take a shot every time this exact scenario happens where Kate is like, I'm going on the trip. And Jack says no. And then Kate goes anyway. Yeah. Um, Before they leave, Charlie jumps on board the fellowship of the transceiver. (laughs) Oh, I get it. Because he was in Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) I I remember that now. Oh, and what's a space is in Vampire Diaries. Oh, uh, Boone. Yeah. Boone. I watched all of Vampire Diaries. Love that show. And then I watched this first episode. I was like, it's fucking Damon. I was so excited. So they hiked to the cockpit. On the way, Charlie reveals that he was the bass player in Drive Shaft, best known for their song, You All Everybody. Okay, is it actually You All Everybody? That's according to the captions. Why does it sound... I I guess that doesn't make sense, because I thought he was saying You Are Everybody. I mean, neither one of those really makes sense. It's like Y'all Everybody. (laughs) Okay, but that doesn't... Why would you ever say that? I don't know. Ah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the only lyrics in that song are just you all, everybody. It's like every time he sings it, he just says those three words. I hope he wasn't the singer in that band because it's not great. Well, he, he's uh, backup vocals on track three of their album. Oh, yeah. duh. So uh, Jack literally does not give a shit about Charlie's band and basically tells them to hurry the hell up. Um, 
And then this, it starts to rain, uh, and the monster is seen moving towards the, well, not really towards anyone, just seen moving. Um, but longtime fans of the show will know that anytime it rains, something bad happens on the island. Classic foreshadowing. Classic. Classic. We're smart. We know what we're talking about. Um, so they get to the cockpit, which is lost in some trees. So they have to, cr- they have to crawl up there. Um, they break their way into the actual cockpit. The co-pilot's body nearly kills Charlie. No one really seems to care. Um, yeah, they really don't care about Charlie. At all, no. <laughs> at all. I, I don't get it. So they, they're looking for the radio. The pilot wakes up. Um, you know, he's the title character of the episode, as I told you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do think you need to share that. That's. I didn't realize that sh- pilots were called pilots. I just thought that they named the first episode pilot because, like, they find the pilot. When but. did you realize? Because I think what people need to know here is that you are TV obsessed. It's not just Lost. It's it's all TV. So how long did it take for you to realize that Pilot was not exclusive to Lost? When I took that screenwriting class my You're sophomore year of college. Joking. That's amazing. Well, especially because other shows like have pilots that are called Pilot. And I'm just like, that's so weird. There's not even a pilot in this episode. <laughs> That's really sad, actually. So the pilot wakes up and they basically bring him up to speed. They talk about how rescue hasn't come. 48 people have survived. And the pilot reveals to them that rescue is looking for them in the wrong place because six hours into their flight, they turned off course after losing their communication. They tried to land in Fiji and they crashed a thousand miles off course. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) They're not going to get found anytime soon be a boring show if they did it's probably what happened to that uh what was that airline that went missing that they never Uh, found malaysian uh, yeah yeah is that right something like that we're terrible people we we should know that more that's pretty major tragedy (laughs) yeah well that's probably what happened they should be looking in a thousand mile radius so the pilot gives them the transceiver also pilot is played by uh greg grunberg who has appeared in every J.J. Abrams production. So just wanted to shout him out because without J.J., he would not have a career. Well, that's a bit much. I'm sure he's a very competent actor. Name one thing he's in. I don't know who he is. I've never seen this guy in my life. He's in two Star Wars movies. You just said he's in everything J.J. Abrams does. Both those movies were made by J.J. Abrams. Right, but he's made more than that. So he's in a lot. I think he was in Criminal Minds, but I don't really remember. Oh, dear. While they try to get the transceiver to work, they realize Charlie's gone missing. And Kate goes to look for him. He stumbles out of the bathroom. He's being very suspicious. And then the monster shows up. Pilot has no idea what's going on because he just woke up. Sticks his head out the window like an idiot. Yeah, immediately gets ripped out and uh, shredded to pieces as blood splatters all over the windshield. Again, we're children watching the show. <laughs> right. Another moment where mom and dad really dropped the ball as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, the trio grabs the radio. They run um, between all the close-ups and the shaky cam. We don't really, we can't see what the monster looks like. Charlie falls over, getting caught in the mud and roots. Jack goes back to save him. And Kate's hides in, in some trees. She calls out for Jack's. Jack's? Jack. No response. Ooh. Watching too much Love Island. Yeah, Love Island on the brain. Sorry, Casa Amor is really intense. But can I just say that I I was wondering, like, 
why did they even leave the plane? Like the pilot got got because he stuck his head out of the plane. Now they're running and they don't even know what this monster thing is. So like, why well, I mean, even? Think about how the cockpit is round. Okay. And if the monster wanted to, he could bash into it and roll them. Okay, but later she just hides in some trees as if the monster can't get her in that. Well, it's not as intense that they don't run. Oh, whatever. Kate calls out for Jack. He doesn't respond. And then she begins to count to five to get rid of the fear. So immediate callback. No, she lets the fear in. She does not get rid of it. She invites it in. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I thought you watched this show. (laughs) Who's the expert now? Go ahead. Go ahead and uh, lead it from here. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to take over. I don't, you know, I don't make you feel bad about yourself. Sorry. Rain dies down. Monster's gone away. Kate goes to look and literally runs into Jack or Charlie. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> literally runs into Charlie and she's like, where's Jack? Did you see it? He's like, don't know. Also no. So they start to go look for Jack. They find the pilots like, little wing badge thing that we all got as souvenirs when we were kids and going on the plane for the first time. They look up and the Jack's like, Oh, it's the pilot. And Jack's just stumbled out of the jungle. He's perfectly fine. He's, he says he also didn't see the monster because we can't reveal that too soon. They end the show with the bloody mangled corpse of the pilot hanging in the, in the tree branches. And that's the end. Well, you're skipping over the fact that Kate looks at Jack like her soldier returning home from war. Major heart eyes coming from Kate. I'm like, girl, you just met him. I don't know if it's like the adrenaline from the plane crash, but Kate clearly wants to take her pants off for Jack. She he also just... Charlie straight up calls her out like, uh, hey, you know, you didn't call for me. Called for Jack. Yeah, I, I'm loving Charlie in these in these moments because the Jack Kate is so intense. It's a very intense duo, and then Charlie's just there as our like comedic relief. Because if it was just the two of them, I'd be like, "Fuck, get a room." I mean, it, at one point they were like straight up cuddling while they were hiding from the monster. When like they're hiding in the cockpit with the pilot, he's just like holding on to her just so tightly, and then because he's her hero. He is a strong man and he must protect the frail lady. All right. So that is part one of the pilot. A couple questions here. What do you think of Charlie? Uh, I like him. Seems like a very likable character. Funny, kind of goofy. I feel like it's obviously a very serious show. I feel like he's the, the lighthearted part that makes it not so. Him and Hurley. Him and Hurley probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he spells... B-O-D-Y-S. That was pretty, that was pretty good. I like that. I like that. They're like, oh yeah, Walt's intelligent. He knows how to spell better than a grown man. Also thinks that the thing shaking the trees is his dog. Yeah. Well, I mean, if my dog was lost, I would be probably running into the trees also thinking that it was my dog. So fair enough. All right. So you don't have a whole lot to go on. Where do you think this series is going to go? Would you have any predictions for uh, the next six seasons? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, well, it's hard because I know some stuff. So, like, 
uh, eventually I'm assuming they're going to run into the others, these people. Um, I think Jack and Kate are going to bang. I think uh, it's hard. It's hard to say because I don't. Well, how about I'll I'll just I'll go with the things that we kind of like skipped over a bit. You know, Jin and Son seems to be a little tension there. Yeah. Well, obviously, like because what I do remember is that she can speak English, um, and I'm pretty sure that's a point of contention. So I know you like them. Is that right? Like you like? I'm a big fan of them. Yes. Yeah, so curious to see their storyline. Kate, uh, Kate's favorite character was uh, Sun. So I remember as a child really liking Sawyer. I don't really remember why I liked him. Obviously, from this episode, he's very broody. It's like the bad boy. And My I mom really likes Sawyer. <laughs> I typically like the bad boy in a show, so very excited for Sawyer throughout this whole show. All right, what do you, what do you think about Michael and Walt? Looks like there was some tension there too. A lot of tension on this island. Well, he lost his dog. I would be inconsolable. I hope he gets his dog back. Yeah, you're you're talking about like the palm frond and how ridiculous that is, and like oh, they should have just stayed in the cockpit. How about the fact that a dog survived a major like inter- like? You know what? I never even thought about that. That dog was clearly not like buckled in, you know. But he's a big dog, so he would have been in like a crate. How the hell? Did this dog survive? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe he didn't. Maybe they were dead back the, to the whole oh, time. Jesus Christ. No, they were not dead the whole time. That's the only spoiler I'm giving her throughout this series. They were not fucking dead the whole time. I've heard otherwise. You've heard that from idiots. I don't know. You just lost half of our viewership. No, they'll hate watch or listen. Because we do have... Such a large viewership. I know I'm talking to millions of listeners. We went from two to one. Yeah, like mom stops listening. She's like, they were dead the whole time. (laughs) Fuck you guys. I was going to say one of our significant others stopped listening. Oh, I didn't even tell Andrew I'm doing this. Oh, God. He has no idea. I hide my podcast mic in the closet. (laughs) He's just going to make fun of me. I'll send him the link when I publish the first episode. Don't you dare. <laughs> Seriously, I just want to know how long I can make it into this. I want us to be like season six and he has no idea that I'm like a successful podcaster with millions of listeners worldwide. Oh, yeah. Let's let's share that. Oh, OK. Well, OK. Yeah. So I did make a promise to Zane. Um, if we get even one sponsor for this podcast because i legitimately do not think we will if we get one sponsor i will get a lost tattoo i don't know what the tattoo is but it will be lost themed so hey please listen to our podcast please (laughs) maybe if we get a big enough audience we'll let you choose the tattoo mom's at home like oh my god they're gonna get more tattoos Marking up her body. She has tattoos too. Yeah, the real person judging is grandma. Grandma, if you're listening, why do you hate my tattoos so much? (laughs) Grandma, if you're listening, do you finally have internet at your house? All right, Lauren, how about we end it on you breaking down 
in your point of view, what happened in this episode? Just give me a quick synopsis. Well, after reading your five pages of notes on this Four and a half. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I got from this episode is plane crash. They're not getting rescued if six seasons of a show called Lost didn't tell us that. Uh, Jack and Kate are going to bang. That's a prediction, not a synopsis. That's a synopsis as well. They're pre-bang. This episode was just literally only about how Jack and Kate are eventually going to bang. This episode was Jack and Kate foreplay. Yeah, that was it. Just steamy, intense eye contact between Jack and Kate. She stitched him up and they're going to bang. He's a doctor. That's like marriage proposal to him. Uh, you clearly are like really good at this whole podcasting thing. And that's why we have millions of listeners worldwide. We we only prepared for this for a week. Look, I, I'm just going to set my expectations right now. Episode one, I think we're going to get through this whole show. And, and we're going to lose listeners. And the <laughs> listeners are you, me, Kate. Mom. <laughs> Mom. And by the end, it's just going to be you and me. <laughs> Kate is going to leave you. Mom is going to disown us. We might be uninvited to Christmas. We are putting, uh, that'll never happen. <laughs> She's had the Christmas claimed for uh, like two and a half years. It's true. We have to go for Christmas. And we're very excited about we're it. We're very excited, we're Mom. Can't wait. Very excited. Cannot wait. You are buying my ticket, though, right? Yeah, I can't afford the ticket, Mom. Yeah. Mom, please. <laughs> Mom, please. Well, Kate, Kate has to listen to do something to earn her producer credit. Look, I mean, she dates you. That's hard enough. I know. I feel so bad for her. I also think we should just let the, the listeners know, the millions of listeners. Worldwide. Millions. I don't even, I've never met Kate because like we said at the top, I live in California and I never go home. So I've never met Kate, but we have talked on the phone about Love Island. They that's say, all I needed. They say don't do business with family, don't do business with people that you love, and don't do business with strangers. And we managed to do all three. I don't think they say that. Who says don't do business with strangers? That's most business. Like business partner, Lauren. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you didn't make that clear. Okay, let's wrap it up. All right. <laughs> we, we did it. Uh, podcast you. one in the episode. What the fuck am I saying? Episode one in the books. This is one of my LinkedIn. I think I only dropped the F-bomb probably five times. Somebody count. Uh, probably five times. Uh, so please, for the love of God, follow us on all social media so I can feel like this isn't a, just a giant waste of time. You can find us on TikTok at Lauren Gets Lost dot pod. Uh, let me let me just take a short break, real quick, to tell you that it would have been at Lauren Gets Lost Pod, but when Zane was making the TikTok account, he didn't think it was important to put the date of birth as something that would be over the age of 18. He made us a minor 
Why? We're both in our 20s. I don't understand this. I put, I put the podcast's birth date, okay? I That's thought the it, dumbest <laughs> thing. So you, you put that an infant, a week-old baby, was, was making a podcast? A day-old baby. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So we couldn't use that name. He, he lost that name in the process of trying to make an account for a newborn baby. So anyway, you can find us on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod, on Instagram at laurengetslostpod, and on Twitter at laurengetslost. Episodes will be coming out bi-weekly unless... Someone actually cares to listen, and then maybe we'll put them out weekly. Yeah, if we can quit our jobs that you That's, enjoy that and I hate. That will never happen. That will never happen. Thank you for listening. Please listen again, because I bought this podcast mic, and it was $70. So we really I, work, I work for a nonprofit. I don't have money to be doing this. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by Zane Kohler and Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and edited by Zane Kohler. And remember, they weren't dead the whole time. What a shit show.